0: workplace scandal today on a valid podcast one young woman shares her story i'm maria palmer and i will be your host for today's show a valid podcast shares stories and reports about the lives of people with intellectual disabilities and or autism and in season four we're talking about employment so stick with us on a valid podcast from all abilities media
1: one experience i had was and this is going to be pretty crazy. This happened during the pandemic. That's
0: Clara Gavaccini. She's part of a group that gathers online each month called Pod Cafe. Ollie Billy's Media hosts the group. We explore topics important to our lives. The following segment features Clara's difficult job story. Please know that it references inappropriate romantic activity in the workplace. Clara spoke with all the Billy's Media participant Cara <laughs> Turlude and director Jennifer Schweda Jordan.
1: Who would like to be the first person to ask somebody else some questions? Um uh, me me, I would like to ask a question. So Clara, uh where uh so where is your um current uh current job? I work as a housekeeper for a personal care home. We got bad out during the pandemic, and it seems Pretty okay. So, what are your job duties? I keep the place clean. I've seen a lot of families come up to me and they complimented on yeah, my work yeah. like, oh, you did so well. Thank you for taking care of my mother's room so much. And, like, when you work in a personal care home, you get to work with a lot of elderly people and you get to understand their behaviors and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And then, Clara, I'm going to ask you one final question. Uh, do you like your job? It's okay. There are some days that I get stressed out and some other days I don't. It's like, let's face it, jobs are not fun. The best part of me having a job is that uh, I get paid a lot of money for it. I don't have to rely on my parents' money. So I know that sounds kind of generic. And uh, the difficult part was that have me having to witness crazy things. Clara, were you going to ask any more questions? Uh, No. I'm actually going to ask a couple follow-up questions. Could you say more about the experiences that are difficult at work, like one experience, Clara? Okay, so the main story at hand, uh, my boss, and I'm going to censor his real name. I'm going to use his name. I'm going to use the name Hank because, you know, Hank had me doing his doing, had me doing some special projects around the building. So this was in 2020, and we had to be socially distant. We all had to wear masks and all that crap. And I was getting around to be 11 o'clock, and I was like, huh, where's Hank? How am I going to get this work done? What is this assignment he want me to do? So I was looking for Hank. I was asking, hey, where's Hank? Hank. And then I was looking for the empty rooms because I was making sure that nobody has tempered with the empty rooms because also my job is to keep the empty rooms clean. Or whenever we had move ins. Anyway, and I opened the door and I saw Hank, who was married with my coworker, having an affair. And this was someone that I trusted. I ran out of the room and I was in a panic. I was like, what the heck did I just saw? I feel like I walked in on the Twilight Zone and I felt. So I like ran out of the room. I was crying and I was panicking. I was heavy breathing. I was like, what the heck? And a few minutes later, Hank walks out and signals me to come over in this devilish grin. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, what is going on? Hank told me, you know that I have a wife and she is a husband. Please don't tell anyone and I promise you won't lose your job. And I was mortified. I was like, what? And I I couldn't believe it. I knew I had to get the heck out of there. I had, to, I had to get out. I had to get out. So I packed all my things. I knew I had to leave. I didn't know what else to do. I didn't know what's going on. What the heck is going on? And so I came home. I told my mom about it. We had to call everyone we know. It was pretty traumatizing. But then... I had to take a few days off of work because of it. We contacted the supervisor, the su- the main supervisors. They were like, oh, this is unacceptable. Hank, Hank and this other woman were fired. It was dealt with, so, yeah. Now, this is the job you're still at. So he's gone, you stayed. That seems right. Yeah, I mean, I was originally going to quit because I was worried that they wouldn't believe me. You know how these situations are. Thanks for sharing that. This is a, an experience I had in 2020 where we were supposed to be socially distant as possible. And it was pretty difficult for me, but I got into the therapy. I had my therapist. I talked with my therapist about it. And I am recovering from this whole experience. Before we move on, would you want to say something about a, a great work experience you had? My best work experience I have was when I got Employee of the Month in July. I thought I would never get Employee of the Month in school. I never worked. I was lazy. How long have you worked there again? Seven years. Longer than I should. (laughs) So let this be a lesson to you. Don't be afraid to speak up. Tell your parents. Tell your job coach. Tell your family members. Tell your therapist. Phew, that was a toughie.
0: Hopefully, you don't have to deal with that at your job, but Claire's response was impressive. If you're interested in learning more about our podcast conversations, visit allabilliesmedia.org. And please note that if you encounter workplace harassment, there's a resource for that, the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. They can be reached at 1-800-669-4000 or eeoc.org. That's 1-800-669-4000 or eeoc.org. All Billy's Media is supported by the FISA Foundation and by listeners like you. Donations allow us to amplify the voices of people with disabilities. We're educating the world about issues that impact our lives. Donations help keep PodCafe free and contributors also help pay those who share their stories on a valid podcast. And now a few words from another disability focused podcast. Hi, I'm Emily Lunau.
1: And I'm Kyle Kachadorian.
0: And we're the hosts of The Accessible Stall.
1: We started our podcast back in 2016 with the goal of keeping it real about disability issues and experiences.
0: These days, we're proud to have over a hundred episodes, all transcribed and available wherever you choose to listen to your podcasts.
2: Come join us in The Accessible
1: Stole at com.
0: Next up! The president of the American Association on Intellectual and Developmental Disability. That's Dan Zhang. He speaks with All Abilities Media reporter Jesse Henry and director Jennifer Shveda Jordan. Their conversation was recorded at the AAIDD 2023 conference in Pittsburgh. One of Jesse's questions was about the Americans with Disabilities
2: Act. How did you get into this field?
3: Well, um, it's a long story. Um, I actually uh, originally from China. I attended a college um, majoring in education, then at the graduation the government um, assigned me to work for a teacher training, special education teacher training college, and that actually um, led me to the field of special education. I love it. I um, then wanted to do more, learn more, I came to the U.S. to study and uh, in, in a doctoral program. So that's how I ended up in the field.
2: And how were intellectual disabilities treated in China compared to the United States?
3: Um, well, there are some apparent differences. Um, in China, the, um, the service when I was there like 30-some years ago, uh, it was limited to uh, people who have a visual impairment or hearing impairment, or who have intellectual disabilities. Those were the three categories that uh, uh, China served on uh, for individuals with disabilities.
2: And what do you love about your work?
3: I love the work that I can see huge impact that we make to uh, the life of people with intellectual and developmental disabilities through our work in research and teaching, as well as direct service through our grant projects and offering uh, funding to schools to give students uh, real work experiences.
2: And are you presenting at this conference?
3: I just did my uh, keynote address this morning. I was there for that. I, I, I got like seven pages of notes from it.
2: Oh, great, yeah. Can you say an anecdote that demonstrates why this conference is needed?
3: Well, I mean, this is one of the uh, conferences that the AIDD put together every year. This is 147th uh, conference. Each year, we have different uh, focus. And this year, the theme is on employment, uh, specifically integrated and um, competitive employment that we value. We would like to support people with the IDD to engage in competitive and integrated employment. So this is a very timely, especially after some years of pause during COVID. So we are really happy to have this in-person conference. We have a great turnout, probably over 550 people in attendance. Wow.
2: And what is your goals as the incoming president for the next year to improve, uh, to improve these conditions?
3: Well, like I proposed during my uh, keynote address that I would like to implement or encourage uh, the field to consider uh, the multi-tier, multi-partner collaboration model so that we have um, uh, support uh, for individuals uh, uh, with disabilities and particularly people with uh, IDD to um, uh, engage in employment through different levels of support uh, at the student level, school level, uh, system level, and uh, by cl- collaborating with uh, so many different uh, agencies. Like I said, it takes a village to provide uh, transition services.
2: And uh, how can corporations improve, improve competitive employment nationwide?
3: I think the awareness is important I would like for employers to know that individuals with disabilities have a talent. They have uh, something to offer uh, to the employers. They can be great employees, and then the employers also get certain benefits from hiring individuals with a disability. So so it's a win-win situation.
2: And how can a corporation uh, approach a group like yours after the conference?
3: Yeah, um, based on my experience, that when we do something correctly, we reach out to the employers, and they want to work with us. For, from our experiences, some of the employers are actually came to us to look for people with disabilities so that they can employ uh, uh, too. Like the example I gave today, There are some e-cycling companies that they work with us to train high school students with disabilities in e-cycling program. And the Coca-Cola bottling company also came to us to try to work uh, uh, through us with the schools to Mm -hmm. identify people who can work for them. So they just need to know the benefits of hiring people with disabilities. It would be great for collaboration.
2: Uh, how can the ADA be approved upon here in the United States?
3: Well, yeah, that's a another broader uh, concept. Uh, um, I think it is very important uh, for uh, all the employers to know the law. They need to know how to implement the law, support people with disabilities in work settings, or living situations. Um, yeah, they, I think the... the uh, Employers should know it's a requirement by the federal law. Yes. And this
2: is going to be my uh, last question on my end. How do you enjoy Pittsburgh so far?
3: Oh, it uh, exceeded my expectation. I thought, oh, Pittsburgh, industrial city, boring, maybe a little um, dirty or something. So it, but it's... Uh, gorgeous. I, I love it. Uh, from the moment I I was on the Uber uh, uh, car, got out of the tunnel, it's like, whoo! The city is open up to me. Uh, very, very great. I also got to enjoy it from the top of the hill and- Mount Washington? Yeah, yeah, watching over, it's beautiful. I love it. Thank you for having us here. Yes.
1: I have a couple questions. Uh-huh. Um, so you mentioned
3: e-cycling.
1: Um, and, and that is uh, recycling computers, that
3: kind of thing? Exactly, electronics. Um, people, the uh, companies will uh, collect uh, electronics from different parts of schools, industries, different places The old electronics. They bring it to the school and the students are taught how to take them apart, sort them based on their different uh, functions and recycle them. It's a great program, I love it.
1: So Dan, you are a professor of special education and director of the Center on Disability and Development at Texas A&M University. Could you say a little more about what you do in that
3: role? Um, I teach uh, graduate students, mentor doctoral students. We also have a Center on Disability and Development where um, we have a project funded by U.S. uh, Department of Health and Human Services uh, Texas Workforce Commission and other sources. We use the fund to provide direct uh, support to schools and the students uh, so that we have uh, not only, we don't just do research, but we do direct uh, service to uh, impact schools and students' life. So your students are going out and doing what? Um, some of my students uh, are like doctors in they graduate they become professors of other universities, or they become an executive director of independent living centers, and um, some of the graduate students, they are teachers in schools.
1: I wanted to go back again to the anecdote question. Is there somebody you met or learned about in your research or direct um, meeting, a person with a disability that, that is an example of when things go right, what it could look like?
3: When things go right, um, we provide um, uh, like a work-based learning opportunities to uh, students while they are still in school. They learn all about the employability skills during like a work in school. Um, like it's, it's more real than simulated settings. Uh, that, for example, they operate a, a coffee business in school on campus. They make a coffee. They uh, operate the business, sell the coffee to teachers and students, uh, do all the accounting work, the planning, the details of the service. So they learn all the skills that they need um, to transition to the real world. So just learning from a classroom, it doesn't work. It's not easy to generalize from the classroom to real settings. So a lot of students change their behavior. They are more engaged. They have a better goal for life after school. So that's, these are uh,
1: students with disabilities. Right,
3: right. Yes.
1: What's the coffee shop called?
3: Well, there are so many. We we found um, like twenty-five high schools each year, um, like ten thousand uh, dollars to uh, each school for them to develop uh, a work-based learning program, like a school-based enterprise
0: coffee to others but to me I love a delicious hot cocoa when it's the holidays and cold weather well our cup is empty for today but we're brewing up more episodes on a valid podcast for you please subscribe to a valid podcast that's the quickest way to get updated about new episodes and when you rate and review the show you make sure more people learn about intellectual disability and or autism all the Billings Media produces a valid podcast. Please sign up for our newsletter at AllAbilitiesMedia.org. You can also find a valid podcast transcripts. All the Billings Media is supported by the FISA Foundation and by listeners like you. Donations are tax deductible depending on how you file your income. Our fiscal sponsor is New Sunrise. Again, please visit allabilitiesmedia.org to learn more. I'm Maria Palmer. Thanks for listening and enjoy your day.